Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. She just wants to retire. Well, can I dedicate this main episode to one of my favourite creeps of all time who lost her life in a good old age at 96, I think, only yesterday. Angela. Rest in peace, Angela Lansbury. Jessica Fletcher. Murder, she wrote. Do you know that Angela Lansbury wrote a very bizarre diet book? Back in her, I don't know, fifties, um, maintenance phase. Oh, have did a they great do great episode about the Angela Lansbury diet book? Can't remember if it's on their Patreon or main feed, but go and have a was listen there, to that. It's was, very good. Was it all about one particular food that she wanted us eating? Uh, no. Why? Oh. What are you getting at there? I don't know. I feel like it, <laughs> Angela was like a pioneer of the broccoli sprites up your hole. Oh no, she. Oh God, I'm trying to remember. Some of her like exercise tips were fascinating. <laughs> Moving with grace no matter what you're doing and was it clenching all and unclenching your buttocks while you wait for the kettle to boil, that kind of thing. I'd like oh, her to spin it into sort of finding murderers. Okay. Like as you're crouching by a bush. That would burn couple of kegels. a lot of calories. Okay, wait, before you get into what is going to be a fucking fantastic scale, yeah. Jen or D-W-Y-E-R, yeah. uh, can we have a moment for the best headline of all time? Yeah. Place. Princess Margaret once chopped up, quote, unflushable turd with silver cake slice. Haven't we all? So, um, Princess Margaret once helped flush a stubborn number two down the loo while armed with an ivory handled silver cake slice, according to a TV presenter called Susanna Constantine. So, this is uh, Susanna of What Not to Wear. <gasps> Um, the yes, show my that, Trini and Susanna. The show that single-handedly um, cut down women's self-esteem Quite and recommended everybody wear a wraparound dress with a V-neck cardigan and tits. cinch in at the waist. Only, Only if you had big tits. Yeah. So um, I was very, uh, very grateful to receive uh, an alert to this story from our fabulous. Um, <laughs> this is from our Twitter friend who goes by the shape at the foot of your bed. Oh, I think it is rain, but I think she's just changed her, you know, she's, put, she's brought in dead. her uh, spooky season uh, Twitter handle. And so in the comments thread, 
Um, I did get uh, around to a historic Reddit post simply titled The Poop Knife. <laughs> Shall we have it? Hell yeah. My family poops big. Maybe it's genetic, maybe it's our diet, but everyone births giant logs of crap. If anyone has laid a mega poop, you know that sometimes it won't flush. It lays across the hole in the bottom of the bowl and the vortex of draining water merely gives it a spin as it mocks you. Growing up, this was a common enough occurrence that our family had a dedicated poop knife. No. It was an old rusty kitchen knife that weight hung on a nail in the laundry room only to be used for that purpose. Very Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's water well, pressure. So yeah, there's that. But also, I remember this in France, actually. Some of the uh, toilet waste pipes mm. are very narrow. Like, so instead of the kind of customary petite, yeah, they just little slip of a thing. <laughs> but what they have is a, what's uh, called by a pity poo. <laughs> Never too far from a yogurt sponsorship. <laughs> never, never too far. So basically, in France, sometimes you come across what I, and I don't know if this is in the common parlance, but I call it the muncher, which is at the kind of, at the opening of the uh, waste pipe is a kind of, no. you know, a set of teeth no. for munching them a bit so You're that they'll go down. Not, They're not moving. The munching? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think it's a mechanical. <laughs> it's more just that, like the it's like a grater almost. So that if the flush is pushing at the it'll mega shit, it'll kind of eventually break sort of it up. Great, break it up with the muncher. Okay, back to this family. So it was normal to walk through the hallway and have someone call out, "Hey, can you get me the poop knife?" I thought it was standard kit. You have your plunger, your toilet brush, and your poop knife. Fast forward to 22, it's been a day or two between poops and I'm over at my friend's house. My friend was the local dealer and always had quote unquote guests over because you can't buy weed without sitting on your ass and sampling it for an hour. I excuse myself and lay a gigantic turd. I look down and see that it's a sideways one. So I crack the door and call out for my friend. He arrives and I ask him for his poop knife. <laughs> my what? Your poop knife, I say. I need to use it, please. <laughs> what the fuck is a poop knife? Obviously he has one, but maybe he calls it by a more delicate name. A fecal cleaver? A shit shovel? A dung divider? <laughs> a guano glaive? Nice. I explain what it is I want and why I want it. He starts Scat giggling. Spatula. How about that one? Scatula. <laughs> nice. Scatula. Oh, I love it. Okay, a shit stick. Clearly. Nice. Um... He starts giggling, then laughing. Then lots of people start laughing. It turns out the music stopped and everyone heard my pleas through the door. It also turns out that none of them had poop knives. It was just my fucked up family with their <laughs> fucked up bowels. Fuck my life. I told this to my wife last night who was amused and horrified at the same time. It turns out that she did not know what a poop knife was and had been using the old rusty knife hanging in the oh, utility closet as a basic utility knife. Oh. Thankfully, she didn't cook with it but used it to open Amazon boxes. <laughs> She'll be getting her own utility knife now. <laughs> There's an edit. Common question. Why was this not in the bathroom instead of the laundry room? I have that question. Yeah. Answer. We only had one poop knife and the laundry room was central to all three bathrooms. Uh, I have no idea why we didn't have three poop knives. <laughs> <laughs> this is chaos. <laughs> so anytime anyone needed the poop knife, they had to uh, call for assistance or shuffle out. Yes. Uh, like <laughs> shuffle. Yeah. Oh no. Yes, I've no idea why we didn't have three poop knives. All I know is that we didn't. We had the one, possibly because my father was notoriously cheap about the weirdest things. So yes, we shared our poop knife. Gross. Thank you so much for bringing poop knife into our lives and also bringing me back to my time in France and the muncher. Oh, now, thank you for that. I You're just welcome. want to tell you one more thing about Angela Scanlon. No, <laughs> the other one. No, I demand an Angela Scanlon fact now, please. I want that. Freckle. You should save those for the house. She makes a nice jewelry call. However, a Angela Lansbury, dead, 96. Everyone's sad. Um, did you know that she was born in Belfast? No. 
No, she's one of ours. Did you also know that she has a connection to the one and only Charles Manson? What? I do know that. Her daughter. Yeah, so they lived in Malibu, but their home was destroyed by fire in 1970. So Angela was like, look, the house is gone and we're having a bit of trouble at home. Now's the time to move my American family to County Cork. So uh, the reason she moved was that she once revealed that uh, she was worried that her daughter Deirdre, who's now 69, was falling in with supporters of the cult leader Charles Manson. She says uh, she said drugs, drug use brought Deirdre and her son Anthony into unpleasant circles. Mm. So she was in an interview in 2014 with the Daily Mail. She said there were fractions uh, up in the hills above Malibu that were dedicated to deadly pursuits. It pains me to say it, but at one stage, Deirdre's in with a crowd led by Charles Manson. Fucking all amazing. I mean, it's the crowd. And off to Cork they went. She was many one of many youngsters who knew him, Angela said. They were fascinated. He was an extraordinary character, charismatic in many ways. No question about it. So anyway, that's Angela. That's fascinating. Loads of people, uh, famous, famous people were orbiting Manson. Like, um, poor old Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys. Get out. Yeah. Now, there's... Is that Dennis Wilson or is it Brian Wilson? Brian Wilson is kind of the main songwriter. Yeah. Dennis Wilson was the younger, Mm. the younger. And, um... He could not fucking get Charles Manson out of his gaff for a while. So much so that he just moved. <laughs> like, he just left kind of paying rent on the gaff that Manson had taken up in. And, uh... Well, like, he was obviously targeting and fairly well-off individuals. Charles Manson wrote a song that the Beach Boys then kind of, like, worked on and released. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I mean, I think I plug this podcast at least once a year, but, uh... You must remember this. Yes. Yeah. Katrina Longworth's podcast about mm. old Hollywood is fucking banger after banger. But her mini series about Manson called You Must Remember Manson. Sometimes it's called Charles Manson's Hollywood. Fucking unbelievable. Sensational. Okay. It's all in there. It's all in there. And then do they do the MK Ultra bit about Charlie in there as well? No. Remind me now, Charles oh was in God. prison and getting experimented on? Yes, uh, there, it's there, it's alleged. And do you remember the, there was an operation called Midnight... <sighs> Mass. <laughs> Body of Christ. Oh, it was like Midnight Orgasm or something that MKUltra set up. And it was oh, Climax, cl- that's Midnight, midnight Climax, yeah, that's yeah. it. And uh, <laughs> so Charles was frequenting the brothel house that the FBI took over. In, and then they were drugging the Johns who were coming in to use the sex workers. Of course. Uh, with... LSD in an attempt to use it like truth serum to blah 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 now are you ready yeah for what is definitely I think the most expensive art heist of all time as in they made off with the most money or the The actual heist set them back a lot (laughs) and they ended up making a loss (laughs) they spent too much on sandwiches and good suits the getaway cars uh, no, no, no sandwiches, guys. The Very expensive the sandwiches. I want a sandwich now. Okay, come with me now okay. as we take a tour to a little place called Lucerne in Switzerland. Very. Good. The year is 1997, and it's a lovely, lovely place. And we're in a museum, an art one, and a security guard notices something is missing. One of the museum paintings is gone off the wall. So this museum is the size of a pea and there's only like a handful of guests ever visiting each day. And this security guard uh, has a boring job, but this is his moment. So he's like, shit, man, where's that painting? And he looks around at the one other guest and he was like, there was definitely a couple in here like six seconds ago, looks out the window and there's a man and a woman walking briskly out the front door with a painting under his arm (laughs) under their arm. (laughs) <laughs> so the guard springs into action Chases uh, Catches sight of the couple getting into a car And sure enough the museum's missing painting Is sitting in the back seat And as luck would have it The museum happens to be situated directly opposite The police station What a bad <laughs> museum to hit up <laughs> I know it's weird What's the painting? Um, I can't remember Is it famous? I don't believe this one is 
so, as soon as the thieves are caught, security guards like get out. We're going across to the police station. There was no, there was no fight. Um, a ruse. There, there was just kind of shivering apologies. An extremely remorseful man who took the painting uh, admitted he took the painting. He said it was a spur of the mo- moment decision. <laughs> he deeply regrets it. He was tearing up. And there was no criminal record on his account. He was quite charming. And the guys in the police station were like, look. Asher. It's Grant. A bit of folly. That's it. You know what? Well, and they were like, we're going to release you with a suspended sentence, no jail time. And little did they know, but the Swiss authorities had just let go the greatest art thief in history. He'd slipped through their fingers. Lubricated by his fake tears. Crocodile tears. Absolutely. Your one obviously didn't factor in at all. He took the hit entirely. Uh, So this is the unbelievable story of Stefan Breitweiser, a Frenchman who stole almost one and a half billion dollars worth of art. What? Um, All right, let's put it in perspective. So... Let's see three of the most expensive paintings ever sold at auction. We've got number one, Leonardo da Vinci's Salvador Mundi. You remember that? There was some question about whether that was authentic or not. It was sold for $450 million. We have Wilhelm de Koenig's Interchange, $300 million. Um, Cezanne's The Card Players, $250 million. You would still need to steal another half a billion dollars worth of art to surpass Stefan's record uh sheer volume of art um is almost fucking unbelievable but perhaps what's even more strange and amazing is what he did with it all after he'd stolen it but i will get back to that shift it momentarily done deal well Mm. almost fucking impossible to steal to ship well-known pieces of art obviously because (laughs) everyone knows so what happens is from our other art heist stories what we know happens you just end up in the underbelly of the world where kind of masked billionaires who've always wanted a Van Gogh in their living room will agree to buy the painting at a fraction of its street cost Mm, very annoying very annoying they have you by the balls margin in the toilet they have you by the balls Mm. which is why I think if you're getting into the business of street of art thievery what you really want to get into the business is of fakes that's where the real money you want to swap out you want to do swindle the swindlers yeah you want to swap out the museum one for the real one and then (coughs) they'll never come looking for you however let's begin at the beginning and in March 1995, Stefan was visiting, I think it's pronounced Greece, the Swiss town that is, uh, they love cheese, right? And they're doing all that fondue business there. I want cheese. And he's with his lovely and kind girlfriend by the name of Catherine Kleinkaus. And Stefan had his heart on seeing uh, this medieval castle, specifically its collection of exquisite art. And the couple strolled around through the ancient corridors But one piece in particular caught Stefan's eye. It was a portrait by a German painter, uh, Christine Wilhelm Dietrich or Dietrich. Do you know that, Sophie? Dietrich, I'd go off with, you know, Marlena. Mm. So Stefan was like, I love this fucking painting. I just love looking at it. And he was just like, I just love it. I love it. I want it. I need it. I'm fucking taking it. Right? And he had one of those fucking urges that we could all relate to. Mm. Let me see if I can pronounce it. Like, an you art know the boner. ones? They're like an art boner, but yeah. the ones that are like, I'm just going to fuck my phone into the sea or like throw myself off this high bridge or like push a pensioner into the road. Um, ah, yeah. You know those You feelings. can't argue. It's the, you know, it's the feminine urge to push a pensioner into the road. Yeah. Well, that. <laughs> Inappropriate urge is has a name. Ka- oh. Kaka wifies is what they're. It's called. Off 
for most is people, right? Is it one right? of these kind of German words that like, like maybe sh- like Schadenfreude? Yeah, possibly. I couldn't find it because I couldn't spell it right, and I kept finding miss. I don't know. It's it's a it's 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 the word to describe that kind of mad urge, oh, and it. it's pretty fleeting for most I people. I prefer art boner. I uh, think. <laughs> I'm gonna say just the badness. Badness boner. You know, just oh a, yeah, just a flash of badness. I'll oh just yeah, take it. Like when I. Still, the odd time would pocket something from mm. Tesco. Exactly, same thing. Yeah. Or notice that the melon is in the undercarriage of the pram, and just and I haven't, there. I haven't paid for it, but just I keep walking. Roll on it. So this feeling for most people lasts momentarily, a millisecond even. But Stephens was sticking around so much so that he was like, "All right, girlfriend." Did you say stiffing around <laughs> like an art boner? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Catherine. Look, I'm having this urge. Uh, to just take this painting and bring it home and I am telling you and she was like you know what treat yourself <laughs> and so she was all for it right oh, so I she was it. apparently she was like yeah ah, sure fine. she wouldn't you know the to- what Stefan's like she wouldn't have heard the end of it maybe if she hadn't just let him at it exactly so have at it she like said. Uh, this is the beginning of the story for Stefan Stefan because this is his first the first object that he'd taken and it was an in this beautiful castle and it was a desert it was deserted like horse wandering around there's a few people it. eating fondue no on the sign lines it. and that's it all he had to do was remove the painting from its frame slip the canvas into his rucksack and very calmly and quietly walk out the front door I'd want the frame now because you know how hard it is to get things I know. framed it's I like know. trying to post a letter and mm. so began the next six years. Uh, Stefan completed a grand total of 239 successful art heists. Oh my God. In 172 galleries in at least seven different countries. So, what the <laughs> hell was happening? And he was the most unlikely individual, as all, as a lot of career criminals <coughs> tend to be. You're not picking Stefan out of a lineup. Did he have a day job before this? Uh, Stefan did bar work and he wasn't bringing in huge spondulies. Um, so not re- he did kind of part time Casual work. shift work. Um, but Catherine, I keep forgetting her name. Is it Catherine or Katrina? What did I tell you? You said Catherine. So Catherine was a nurse. So you would think to yourself, she would know the, she would know this is wrong. But like you said, he must have been quite convinced. Sure, we know nurses are all gougers. Exactly. So <laughs> on we go. So he... Like, how did he do it is really the good. This long-term career choice, sooner or later, you know you're going to get caught or you're going to make so much cash, you know, you go to your private island and you just live there. Oh, but, fucking class. But the thing is, like, this is exactly not what Stefan did. So there was no careful or orchestrated distraction. You're wearing the art as a sandwich board. Well, sort of, so, right? <laughs> so there was absolutely the most low-key heists ever. He literally completed these with the same thing every... He just took them and left. Yeah. I mean, it was... To- like, she did She did kind of standing at the door looking around. Well, it's just like that line from Blow, you know, where if you're walking yeah. through the airport with 30 we grand all remember worth of this. cocaine, just yeah. act like you aren't. Exactly. Yeah, well, he was a believer and it was fucking really working. I had a friend who used to shoplift regularly from Tower Records, mm. um, uh, R.I.P. And um, not he, the friend, the record shop. The record shop. He exclusively stole extremely expensive like art books and stuff. Like, you know, mm, the Tash. The really heavy ones. The really heavy duty, gorgeous ones. Mm. And like, he would just hold them walking out of the shop. Like, exactly And then When Confident. the security thing Yeah it was just all in the confidence When yeah. the security thing Would inevitably go off As he walked out of the shop Just kept walking He'd be like Oh, oh I don't sorry. understand I mean I just paid upstairs And the art book section Was upstairs And I think that was crucial Because he was counting On the laziness it's a Of weird somebody going upstairs To check It's also not a thing You'd think anyone would steal That's it mm. Yeah, yeah a Especially like a 19 book. year old Yeah well, Interesting So so these two had no bloody, they were, they had no blueprints of museums. They had no fancy getaway car or like cat just burglar casual. masks or anything like that. I Nothing in the air vents. Um, they didn't even commit the crimes during the nighttime. Everything happened during like the opening hours and there were tourists the milling around. <laughs> they were 
They observed opening hours. Yes, and security guards in the same room. And uh, so... Well, you see, the thing is, what they were in the 172 galleries, a lot of those galleries were very small. Yeah. Uh, so the Louvre's have like super high tech, uh, like the and MoMA, like there's no way you're going anywhere near that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Where you will get near is, you know, like a small kind of rural place that might have one or two very valuable pieces of art. Mm. But there's, you know, there's not the money or you just yeah. didn't expect something like this might happen. Yeah, there's a Picasso museum in Paris that I definitely think you could hit up. Oh yeah, like it's small like that, mm. and like even Joe, your a lot of the paintings are displayed in kind of hallways. That's it, and so that's a kind of a you know that's a traveling area of the museum. Yeah. So like other punters are just kind of strolling through. It's cash. They're not like parked in a room I think as well the smaller places really rely on just general goodwill and trustworthiness of the visitors and sort of assumed that in most cases the paintings and bits and bobs around the place would be not stolen exactly and and you know I, I think a lot of the other people around would just presume they'd be rigged up to some kind of alarm yeah. like if me and you went in and we're like let's get a piece we'd be like oh I don't know do they not even do you know what would be a good one is if you wore some kind of like maintenance looking outfit yeah. yes and you just could you then you the could reassure yeah. exactly and you could just kind of reassure the other punters like oh yeah we're just taking this to be restored yeah so it was just kind of stupidly basic they just involved waiting around till the room kind of calmed down pick up whatever he liked the look of and walked out some the paintings he'd slipped from frames uh hidden under loose fitting coat some he took with frames uh, he opened some <laughs> display cases um, with a screwdriver one twist at a time over a space of like maybe an hour ah, isn't that like good it. yeah or uh, the most uh, high tech thing he owned was this telescopic radio antennae and he used to prod any inconveniently placed tele CC cameras ah very low fi Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Love it. So, I mean, he was doing a, he was kind of opening his game slightly. And there was a rudimentary uh, disguises did come in. There was a wig and a pair of glasses. There was the odd hat. He once wore a train, a truck driver's cap. The odd hat. Yeah. <laughs> so... Then, all of the paintings, you'll never guess where they went to. So the thing about Stefan was he didn't seem to, he, he was not interested in selling them. He wanted the paintings for himself. He wanted them to line the walls of his apartment that he lived with Catherine in above his mother's house. So it sounded like they lived in sort of a one up, one down situation. So he, the paintings were rolled up, stuffed inside suitcases. Some were spread out across coffee tables. Some were reframed above the mantelpiece. His room, his house was full of them, his apartment, should I say. But because they were sort of 
haphazard looking. And they, like he used to tell his mum that they just go to art, you know, degree shows and Got pick up bits. Here. And like he loved art and it, everything was fine. And the other thing was they appeared pretty hard up. They didn't own their own home. Um, Catherine was out doing the nursing, nursing. business. And Gouging. Stefan was in and out of, uh, he was Love doing nurses. dog's body kind of kitchen porter work and he was working in the local bar. So they didn't, there was no tells. And n- absolutely, we, we were almost positive his mother didn't know about it. Almost. almost. So let's get on to what happened next. So he just wanted to own and adore them and maybe frottage them and look at them in candlelight mm. and then in full light of the day. And uh, then came the couple's final heist. So... He was essentially at this point invisible to police. Remember, they Just only through boringness. Through boringness, <laughs> That's That's genius. The way to do it. And no, exactly. And nobody had correlated all of these kind of paintings uh, and weren't connecting them with one individual. Mm. These were just random things going missing from a hundred, nearly two hundred different galleries across the world. So they weren't going to catch him um, unless they caught him in the act. At the beginning, do you remember I mentioned he'd been caught stealing a painting in Lucerne back in 1997? Yeah. yeah. And he'd gotten away with it, except a little slap on the wrist at the time, but his name was taken. But there was no kind of jail time put to that now, at all. this is good admin if they actually put through some sort of like little memo note. FYI. Boldness. Yeah. A little photograph of the individual. We'll let you go, but we are doing the paperwork. Well, that's it, Cass, because what they did do during the releasing him was a little thing called taking his fingerprints. (laughs) So from that (laughs) moment on, he'd clocked it and he was careful to wear gloves during his uh, thefts going forward because he remembered that they'd taken his prints and he never left any prints behind that could be matched. I'm picturing him now from then on doing all the art heists. You remember like hiding in plain sight. He has large novelty foam hands. <laughs> <laughs> Making the thieving of it just unnecessary. So the thing if about I was this stealing next it, surely I wouldn't be so conspicuous. <laughs> this next thief thing was that Stefan had put his eye on something a little awkward. And what that thing was was a bugle. Not a dog. No, That's a beagle. <laughs> and then, uh, Sorry. A bronze. Uh, oh, a horn. Uh, horn. Absolutely. Oh, oh right. my God. Art boner. Oh, we come back. And his name is circle. Stiffen and everything. Stiffen and his bugle. Ha- so he'd forgotten this one occasion to wear his little latex gloves. And if the police happened to dust the bugle's cabinet for prints, the gig would be up. And just to make things even stranger, the bugle happened to be located in the Richard Wagner Museum. That is the museum in Lucerne, the very same fucking city he'd been oh caught no. the first time. Oh, right. Stiffen, you idiot. So Stiffen, who just had historically had balls of steel, two days later went back to the museum and c- tried to cover his tracks. So he'd gone in. Yeah. He'd robbed the bugle. He'd done the twisty of the, of the, you know, Phillips head screwdriver to get the case off the horn. <clears throat> he'd gone in with his dirty fingers, taken it copped that he'd fucking left fingerprints behind returned to the scene of the crime so it was decided that Catherine would be the one to erase the prints but this was a kind of a risky gig Uh, uh, Stefan decided to travel with her for a bit of moral support seems strange and Catherine entered the museum Stefan took a walk around to distract himself from worrying Uh, but unfortunately for him he was recognised by a man who'd seen him at the museum on the day of the theft of the bugle police were called and (laughs) and (laughs) Stefan found himself being arrested for the second time in the same city and he had the bugle in his pocket at the time (laughs) half hanging out of his pocket And then he and he also was blowing on it as he walked around (laughs) I'm nervous (laughs) (laughs) so at the beginning he wasn't like that too concerned look he'd been arrested before and he'd been caught before and gotten away with it so all he had to do was convince the police that he was very upset so he turned the tears on again and tried to lubricate himself out of the situation at first it seemed effective the two detectives began 
to feel for him uh, just to follow you to, it was a moment of madness I just they're abused. very understanding Switzerland seems to be the place to break the l- to very be stealing shit yes it is it is a peaceful place I think it's because everyone's loaded so but then something changed and the officer holding Stefan stopped talking to him and the sympathy shifted Stefan started to fear I'm fucked here with good reasons because someone in the department had uncovered the report from the previous theft in Lucerne and as a result the museum were no longer viewing him as an opportunist just a lunatic who'd snapped up the horn on impulse but now as a potential serial serious art um, thiever so weeks after the arrest the Swiss police secured an international search warrant allowing them to into Stefan's attic apartment and the one containing the million and billion and a half's worth of art fuck um, and something strange happened because what they found in Stefan's home was nothing no works of art nothing on the walls nothing stuffed up the ceiling nothing no bugle even Mumsy? just a bare ass apartment a bare ass apartment so Here's what happened. So on witnessing what the, what was going down, Catherine, uh, so Ste- a witnessing Ke- Stefan get arrested, uh, Catherine had raised the alarm and raced back home and alerted the one person every man on earth can rely on Mommy. when the shit hits the fan. Mummy. Mumsy. Mumsy. So Mrs. Breitva, uh, Br- whatever his second name is, Breitweezer, would you say Breitweiser? Yeah. Do it. But are they not French? What's the French pronunciation of that? Right. Le Breitweiser. Un petit croissant. Un petit croissant. So Mrs. Petit Croissant had outdone herself. So over the course of a couple of days, she'd gathered up every piece of art that they had stolen. She'd packed it all into her car and gotten the hell out of Dodge. She had anything that sank ended up in the nearby Rhone uh, Canal. Oh no! Oh the painting, this the fucking incredibly valuable, hundreds of year old, priceless works of art, she'd burnt in the local forest. Oh no! Cinders That's were what's really left. That's going to really upset Stephen. Majorly, uh, it was the most expensive bonfire in history, and the blast bits of shite that she'd uncovered, dumped in a nearby forest, and literally none of this. I'm she wanted her son to be let out of jail. She didn't know anything about it previously. She was like, oh, he's done this really bad thing now. She must have had an inkling. Like, Catherine rang and was like, look, get rid of it all. shit hits the fan here. If you want to ever see your son again, we got to get rid of this oh, now. Yeah. I'd do anything for my kids. And no matter how wrong they were. Well, I certainly fucking burn a load of paintings. That wouldn't yeah, seem that I bad. I would, I would be like, oh, God. I'd be paying the hole. Yeah. I think the sinking of things is particularly annoying. And it, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Like but no, I, I mean. I, I don't think that Trish would go to multiple locations. She'd definitely do a dump run. <laughs> she would <did> a dump <laughs> run. And, then she'd and like you'd never run. hear the end of it. My mum would ever, do a ever. skip bag, but of course that'd be right outside the front. No use. My mum would probably put it on the roads WhatsApp asking if anyone wanted anything. Yeah. She loves that. She and then. The charity shop there's yeah. nothing that WhatsApp group doesn't <laughs> end up doing for my mother. So the thing is, like, from the guards' perspective, from the police officers' perspectives, they were like, okay, well, there's nothing here. We had an inkling that this guy was a big shot. Yeah. We, we now have no proof. We also don't have the bugle. So we could have been wrong here. Yeah. Stefan, at that point, was denying everything. Just crying uncontrollably in a cell. Enter a couple of curious hikers. Kicking away just down the side of the canal when they noticed something sparkling at the bottom it was the fucking bugle so <laughs> I'm still th- picturing a dog every f- time <laughs> they fished gleaming. out a couple of gleaming uh, a couple of ancient cups and um, and another painting and they were like this is something they rang the police and in sent in were sent you know those again I'd well. I know I'd bring those home I know lads I feel like do you like my neolithic cup yeah <laughs> worth a fortune <laughs> so frogmen were called in to dredge the waterway and they closed close to a hundred treasures from Stefan's arty Shit. hall were fished out they were catalogued 
uh, at this point and authorities still had no idea how all the stuff had ended up there but one of the officers holding Stefan got wind of this fucking find and decided on a whim to see if he could link the treasures with this fucking guy sitting in this office here so he was like they weren't found too far away from his home and he just had a feeling about him so he an interrogation officer began to show Stefan pictures of one of the artifacts recovered from the canal Stefan had no idea what his mum had been up to since his arrest so when he started seeing images of his prized possessions yes he well he was like look well I'm fucked here obviously and you found all my gear but he became very very sad and began then to confess to having stolen the piece and many other pieces and factually explaining where and when he'd taken each of them the officer was like this is it we've hit the big time uh it it was an unbelievable long shot to fucking that this guy would be at the heart of all of these like massive valuable painting halls but he could he was that was it it was just stefan so over the next couple of hours um very unusual scenes played out in the interrogation room Stefan was shown image after image of like these unbelievably expensive and rare pieces of art, confessed to every single piece and knew exactly when he was taken from which uh, city, from where museum. And the police officer was just like, we had no idea that this was going to happen. Obviously contacting all of these places around the world. And uh, so what punishment do you get? For stealing stealing but then loving all of these as long as you're enjoying the shit you steal and it's not just mercenary fucking if you go to rob a post office but give the money a good home yeah as long as you really love that money there's something nice about the fact that he didn't just flog it for cash look how cozy scouty looks on she's gorgeous i know so here's what stefan got three years in prison Oh my God. He only served about two of them. His mother, for her part in destroying and disposing the art, uh, served um, 18 months. Oh, mommy. And the girlfriend, there was a bit of hinting that she too had been uh, gifted oh. with, yes, exactly. And um, she, well, she denied any involvement in the thefts whatsoever. She claimed to have no idea Stefan was even an art thief. And the court probably wouldn't have bought it, but it seems Stefan was happy to take the bullet for his lady friend because he confirmed every word that came out of, of her mouth. After he was sentenced to six months for receiving stolen goods, only spent a single night behind the bars. So it turns out the prison did absolutely nothing. So he spent, what did I say, six years in there? Three. Three. Uh, and he was released. And the year was 2011. And there was absolutely no reforming Stefan. <laughs> so the police did a bit of a knock around to check up on him and opened the door. 30 works of art <laughs> stolen just up in his gap. Stefan, he's incorrigible. Exit through the gift shop, Stefan. Uh, he wanted the OGs. So again, he was sentenced to another three years behind bars. And in 2019, he was arrested again. For trying to sell a paperweight stolen from a museum. Oh my God. That's the one thing in Stefan's defense that he tried to sell. And that's what stuffed him again. And he definitely is the greatest art thief to have ever lived. Insatiable. The most prolific, but would he be the greatest? I would say yes. I know, because there's so many works of art that are stolen that have never been recuperated. That's true. But no kind of volume like this no. by one I- unless there is a group of art individuals like an under kind of belly which i'm sure there is i think the really good art thieves are the ones who go in and replace it with w- very exactly forgery and what they do is they steal by order so you'd have yeah. some i don't know oligarch and he'd be like all i want is the Mona Lisa. Mm. So Isn't they begin. Like that they think are forgeries. forgeries is really high. Brilliant documentary as well. I've definitely done him on a creep before, but it's a guy, an English guy, who was just unbelievably good at forging art. 
and uh, there's a I think it's a BBC documentary on him but he's interviewed he spent a lot of time in prison um, but he continues to paint forgeries but they're he's not trying to for, fool anyone now you can just kind of order or you know I don't know if he's still alive but it went through like the process but his work was just unbelievably good and he it went so far as to you know replicate the aged paints oh yeah the old tea bag on the paper <laughs> the old and a little yeah. lighter on the uh, edges absolutely <laughs> waxing down the sides creating kind of dirt on top to and create that he, old yeah. shit had you of art is estimated <gasps> wow that is currently in circulation I love that That is cool But that's what art is though Isn't it It's and about that Had that guy um, Like trained in restoration Or anything like that No Where not at all know all of the different Like he came things up, you'd need to include I must get uh, Get the facts on that He came up Through just being quite talented I don't think he did No official training He felt like the wrong side Of the tracks Kind of an individual mm. Who was self trained And he just had a real really Skill like Just an innate Brilliant skill for painting and and then found this gig and was like well this is no problem to me absolutely brilliant though I love it isn't it I love when we place value on things that are just kind of weird like gold absolutely like <laughs> but especially art bitcoin bitcoin anything, just nfts and they agree that this, this is, is very valuable someone says, it, someone says so exactly there you are I love that Sorry, I said that really loud into the mic. You're very welcome. That was brilliant. I Good love old Stefan. I'm I sure he's still at it to this day. I do love a whimsical heist. I love any any con that is harmless. I I agree. I agree. Like for the most part, the money stuff is kind of. It's fine. I agree. And don't yes. you create art for it to be adored anyway? Yeah. That's and coveted and wanted and so that's it. I'd say it's really um, it's just an ego if the artist stolen someone wants it that bad they're going to risk their freedom yeah absolutely shall I give you just one for the road do it uh, this is very recent this happened a couple of days ago patient was sent to an Australian morgue while still alive uh, this is the Daily Mail shocking claim after doctor unzips body bag and sees corpse has moved so uh, Kevin reads his name uh, Palliative care patient He died in Rockingham General Hospital in Perth But whether he died on September 5th Or September 6th <gasps> Has been questioned Oh no oh So like so, yeah. the job in the bag So the hospital's under investigation uh, Because these allegations came to foot That the patient was still alive When nurses sent him off to the morgue oh, in a body I bag told you gougers <laughs> no, I want it on record. Nursing, seriously, nurses are the backbone of society. Oh, definitely. Like Thank mistakes you for can what be made. You do. Some people are just move like a flock <laughs> very, very slowly, <laughs> and just that that can be happening. So, a doctor at the hospital discovered fresh blood on the patient's on hospital gown. Uh, two of his limbs had moved, and his eyes were open. Oh no! Raising concerns that the man may have been alive when he was put in the fucking bag. Oh my so the doctor requested the state coroner to investigate the incident after he was allegedly asked by senior hospital staff to backdate the man's death certificate. Oh Sketchy. And um, the coroner's court confirmed an investigation was underway. The poor man. So the nurses believed the man had died and informed the family before transferring him, wrestling into a bag. So oh <laughs> and issuing a death certificate. Oh my now in God. fairness They did believe That he had died But no doctor Had attended to certify this I'm sure Like Shit. I'm sure the nurses Were oh confident Oh my God This is grim They were like Look we're short staffed There was confusion Because two patients died Within moments of each other And they looked very similar mm, Sorry Anyway, the doctor attended The other patient's ward But not this guy's And then he was transferred Yeah <sighs> It's not great lads uh, Then it wasn't When the next day When they were back For the organ donation um, Lads to come in uh, That they were like oh, oh What's this fresh blood here And why does he look like He was trying to get out So Oh god <sighs> Arm position Eye signs And um, new skin tears Inconsistent with a person Who was post-mortem On arriving Look Mistakes <laughs> Can be made Mistakes can be made They can Oh my god And we so can Was he close to death otherwise? I mean he must have been If he suffocated 
Are those bags that... No, but you're in the frozen, like you're in there, it's cold, you're in a fridge. And like if you're not, he was in palliative care anyway, so he's probably on the way. Oh my God, that is just... Jesus. Bit of crack though to go out and that be your ending story. You're a bad person. You can't tell it. Well, whatever, you're going anyway. I'd like that as a bit of legacy. That's a good opener for when you get to whatever's on the other side. Yeah. Be like, you won't fucking believe it. (laughs) Those fucking dopes. Exactly. You fucking put me in the bag too soon. (laughs) Ah, you'd be the life and soul of whatever that afterlife party is. Yes. So there you are. That was our show. I think so. I'm going to give you goat heads, aren't we, Cass? Goat heads? Uh, if you're you know where to find us if you're missing us we are very regular on our patron we're bopping we're doing watch parties we're releasing our gig tickets over there it's now's the time and lovely daily yeah weekly episodes review your outgoings cut to other just cut other patrons and just say they're just not giving and have dip your toe into the, the well of give that we give I mean if you dipped your toe you could like you could just horse the back catalogue oh. and then get jump back out. Yeah, but you'd age but don't two do years. Don't do that. Um, love you and right. leave you. Bye. Bye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.